This is Elected Women Across America, a podcast brought to you by the National Foundation for Women Legislators. Today and throughout our series, you'll hear from elected women with a common goal to exchange legislative ideas and reach right across the aisle. I'm Brenna Kihuskelly, the Policy Director for NFWL. A little about our organization. Since 1938, NFWL has served as a forum for elected women from across the country to be empowered through information and experience. We're the oldest organization for elected women in America and the only one that includes women on city, county, and state levels. We host conferences for elected women to connect with one another, learn from experts, and share ideas. And we give them opportunities, like this podcast, to amplify their voices. Our executive director, Jody Thomas, says it best. People should be involved for two reasons, Brenna. Um, in, as you well know, NFWL is the only organization in America for women on elected women on the city, county, and state levels. And we work very hard and to be very inclusive. We are bipartisan. We don't even put a, a R or a D on anybody's name tag when they come to the conference. Our uh, conferences, summits, all of our outreach, everything we do is an attempt to help elected women be all that they want to be, whether it is based around policy or whether it's based around leadership development. We want to provide them with the tools that they need to help them in turn help their constituents. I also think NFWL um has a little bit of that, that niche thing going, you know, we try and do something silly or fun at every conference and have those moments of levity because elected women have to deal with so many stressful situations in their home States, um, you know, just challenging legislative battles. I think that we try and offer that safe space for elected women. We always talk about and, and try and cultivate. When you're a legislator, um, that's a full-time job. And a lot of these women also have another full-time job in addition to taking care of families or perhaps parents or, um, and they take phone calls 24 seven. They are very close to their constituents. And then add to that the fact that um, a lot of the business of America is now being done in the States. We have a number of exciting events coming up this year for our elected women. We have our healthcare summit taking place in July, uh, and then our annual conference, which is our biggest event of the year. Uh, could you tell us more about that, Jody? Love our annual conferences. You know, this will be my 11th, I believe, 10th or 11th annual conference uh, as the executive director. And we're going to be in Orlando, Florida at the Waldorf Astoria Bonnet Creek, which is amazing. We are going to be having fabulous events, our Women of Excellence celebration, our installation dinner. We've got a wonderful offsite at um, City Walk at Universal, thanks to our friends at Comcast NBC Universal. And um, it's just going to be amazing every day, all day long with our programming. We work very hard at providing programming for elected women that, again, is going to help them help their constituents because that's what they care about the most. We do a variety of issues, so there's something for everyone. Some of them are front of the room. Some of them are 
workshops that are opposite each other, and then our roundtables, which are super popular because women can rotate around and go to different tables and learn about uh, different issues, policies, programs that are out there. Um, it is a wonderful event, and I would encourage every elected woman out there to go to our website, womenlegislators.org, and register right now. We are definitely looking forward to it. Uh, thank you to our executive director, Jody Thomas. Well, it was 2008, I guess, was the first time I really decided to run. Senator Katrina Shealy of South Carolina knows well what it means to be the only woman in a room full of men. You know, I don't know what I expected. You know, I'd never been in elected office and to go straight into the state Senate. And there's 46 senators in South Carolina and there were 45 men and me. And, you know, the Republicans had a majority. So we, you know, we sit by seniority. So I was sitting on the back row on the Democrat side because we have to spill over to that side. So I kind of felt out of place, maybe. In 2015, after a male colleague in the Senate called women a lesser cut of meat, she took to the South Carolina Senate floor to deliver this message. To the women and young ladies in this chamber today and all of those who may be listening, you will experience roadblocks and challenges. Don't be discouraged and don't give up. And don't you dare let anyone tell you that you are less than what you are. They hadn't had women in there so long. They didn't even have a, a restroom on that side of the chamber. You had to go out and around through the antechamber wherever anybody could go. Wow. And um, so, you know, that's changed a little bit now because now we have five women. But they didn't treat me different. They just didn't treat me at all. You know, it's kind of like who is this woman, you know, they'd say, gentlemen of the Senate, please rise. They'd forget I was in there. And, uh, but we've changed that. They know I'm there now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do. Today, five women sit in the South Carolina Senate, but the state ranks 47th among all states when it comes to the proportion of women in its legislature. So now we have five and um, we call ourselves the South Carolina Sister Senators. You know, we stick together on the issues that are important to women and, yeah. and families and, you know, those type of things. Now, we differ on a lot of things, but we don't, you know, we don't go against each other. It was a solidarity that I felt at NFWL's annual meeting last November in Charleston, a camaraderie between party lines. There was a real sense of support between the women that I really respected, and it was really cool to see. Yeah, we take care of each other. Those men better not mess with us. <laughs> Senator from Lexington, Senator Sheely, what purpose do you rise? Move to carry over. The, the, the bill that you're about to carry over is, is one in Fairfield about a Piedmont Gateway Scenic Byway. Yes, sir. Is, is there a, a reason we couldn't take that up now? Yes, sir. Is it a reason you could state out loud? Yes, sir. Earlier this year, a TikTok circulated of Senator Sheely on the South Carolina Senate floor. Because we can't take up bills to help children. We can't take up bills to uh, curb domestic violence. We can't take up bills to change human trafficking. We can't take up bills about hunger in uh, schools. We can't take up bills for a lot of things. So I really don't see any need to 
take up a bill to name a highway. My grandson, who's 14, sent me a text message and said, Mimo, you just went viral. You got more hits than the queen. I normally don't talk in the Senate. I'm normally pretty quiet huh. until I get really mad. Yeah, I'm when like, I make I... me mad, I'm ha I've had it. Yeah. And uh, so when I got to one senator, he said, why are you carrying over my bill? It's only a road naming. And that's when I just went off. I said, you won't let me feed children, protect human trafficking. You won't let me do this. You won't let me do that. But you think I'm worried about naming a road? Yeah. And, you know, that's the part that really went viral. You know, yeah. I'm not worried about your road. I think that's why it went viral, because it really does resonate. I think you hear a lot about people being frustrated with politicians because nothing gets done. And here you are, a politician saying, yeah, and it's driving me crazy, too. I'm trying to get real things done. And we're talking about... You want to name a road? There are times, as an elected woman, when you can't always stick to party lines. It's something Senator Shelley has mastered in South Carolina, working with her sister senators. You can't go by party lines yeah. all the time you gotta you got you have to work with the other side and I think that women are better at that mm -hmm. and you know that's why I wish more women would run for office you know we have a, a really hard time getting women to run and you know it's just because women are busier than men uh, you know yeah. we work a job we take care of our families we teach our kids we go buy the groceries we clean up the house we do all those things and People don't support us like they do men when they run. You know, nobody asks a man when he goes to the door, well, who's going to take care of your kids if you go to the state house? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that more women need to step up and run. I don't care if you're, you're younger, you know, before kids or you're older, after your kids or you hire a nanny, whichever it is, we need more women's voices up there because women will stand up for what they believe. Representative Karen Camper of Tennessee has spent her life as a change maker. Currently, she is the chair of NFWL, and for Representative Camper, her willingness to affect change never stops. She is now considering leaving the legislature, announcing her candidacy for mayor of Memphis in the fall. When I think back over my entire life, my mother would tell you, <laughs> she probably always knew because I was always kind of this person that wanted to make a change wherever I was. So it was when I was a little girl, she said, I volunteer for everything. I was always raising my hand and she was always having to go because I wanted to go. And so she was always doing things because Karen wanted to do things. And, you know, as time went on, I, in my military career, I was stationed in Washington, D.C. a lot in that area. I was stationed at Fort Lee, Maryland. And so I was kind of involved uh, from from one perspective in my military career because I was in uh, military intelligence and we had to brief the armed services committee and the house committee on wow. select committee on intelligence and the White House. And so I was always involved and kind of close to politics. Yeah. So there were a lot of people then that I would say influenced me and uh one lady I can think of in particular, I always think back about her because I remember her fighting the same way I kind of was fighting here was Eleanor Holmes Norton. Yep. Yep. You and know, she was the, the DC yep. representative. Yep. And who who okay. don't really have a vote, but have a voice. And so mm -hmm. I was there, you know, many years ago when all that was going on and I was there 
um, you know, when we was trying to get Martin Luther King's day a holiday. And so oh she will be somebody that, <laughs> that had a direct impact. Wow. That's, you know, it's just crazy hearing you say that. Cause just in my life, that's been something that's always existed. I, I, you mm-hmm. take that for granted. Um, mm-hmm. that's the, uh, you forget that somebody had to fight for it and someone had to make it an important thing. And I'm grateful for you. <laughs> I, uh, I, in the military so technically um in the military you know you can't you know do all that stuff with your you know um in your uniform and right, right, right. army and all you have to be in your individual capacity and so you have to be able to balance all of that you know mm-hmm. uh and so i would go down um i remember walter Fontroy was part of it dick gregory and everybody you know i would go down to some of the rallies or go you know, be right there where this stuff was actually happening. And, and, you know, something that a lot of people never think about and a lot of people don't even know is the um, Happy Birthday song that Stevie Wonder wrote was to help get his birthday a holiday. Oh, wow. People just sing sing that song, Happy Birthday. Yeah, Yeah. I had no idea. But that's the history. And that song is 40 years old this year. Wow. When he, yeah, when he was fighting, that was his way of saying we got to do something. You know, he's he's been an activist like that. But he was, you know, you go to people with their expertise. And his his expertise was writing. So he wrote that song. So when you listen to the lyrics, you'll understand, you know, yeah. uh, what the, the history behind that was. But I was there doing a lot of that. So I was influenced by a lot of that coming up. For Representative Camper, the decision to run for elected office was a logical next step in making a difference. So what got me involved was that I was volunteering in my community. I was on my neighborhood association, my homeowners association board. We were really fighting City Hall to try to get things done in our neighborhood. And I just was really active going down there trying to make a difference. And I was also involved in my local party. And so we were, you know, educating people on political prospects, doing a lot of civic engagement, registering people to vote and doing things like that. And I happened to be volunteering. And um, at that time, Congressman Harold Ford Jr. He was running for Senate and I was volunteering in his campaign. And I went to the polls to vote. And I, it just hit me, Karen, you got to run for office. You got to be the one to do all this stuff that you're fighting for. Like South Carolina, Tennessee has a long way to go with gender parity in their legislature. The state ranks 48th when it comes to proportion of women. I have to say, in doing some uh, research for our conversation today, I did not realize that there are so few women in the Tennessee legislature. Um, You guys are ranked 48th, I think. I, I mean, it's just a handful of you. Um, has that always been the case uh, in your tenure? You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because I have been saying this for the last year or so here at home that we got to have more women thinking about running at the state level because we've lost so many women. Yeah. And just if you think about like when I first got there, I mean, we had women, RD, House, Senate. It was a lot of us. You know, I was even, um, I started, well, I should say uh, reactivated the um, the women's caucus at mm-hmm. that time because I was like, we need to have a caucus. You know, let's come yeah. together. Let's 
work on issues that we can work on and all the other stuff we leave, you know. Today, Representative Camper holds the highest rank in the House. I fortunately, um, you know, you know, I'm the highest ranking on, on the House side, but on the Senate side, we do have uh, Senator Ramesh Agbear, who is just in um, mm-hmm. December elected, you know, as the minority leader in the Senate, which is great. So, and, you know, we have Senator um, Lamar, who has been elected as the caucus chairman, which was, you know, kind of his, you know, history on that side, too. So three of the most powerful women in, in, in people, you know, women in Tennessee uh, are myself, Agberry and, and Lamar, all the black women and all from Shelby County, Tennessee. Earlier this year, national attention turned to Tennessee's legislature after two lawmakers were expelled from the General Assembly in a politically charged incident. You know, I do want to talk about this. Of course, you know, NFWL, our goal is to bring people together. And we, you know, we leave our parties at the door and we get people out of their states and we come together and we try and build these friendships. And, you know, this whole spiel of civility that I genuinely believe in. How do you manage that, you know, core goal or something that you know you fundamentally believe in with the challenges of partisan politics that, of course, we all saw play out from afar um, and, you know, the whole country in this session in Tennessee. How, how do you manage that as a positive person, as someone who who wants to reach across the aisle and build this, you know, positive environment? And how do you, how do you, how did you manage? I, I mean, how are you surviving? It's challenging at times, but uh, I, you know, what I, I do that, that helps me through it, I feel, mm-hmm. is I always lean to my military career. And what I learned as a military leader, mm-hmm. you have all of these various uh, people from different walks of life, you know, different communities, you know, different religions, and just you just have all of these things that make up a great America. And so if we could get people together on a mission that we can all believe in, then we can move more unified. And so I always try to find a way or something that we can bring people together around. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that, then we can move forward. And sometimes, you know, you can get there with compromise. You know, you may not get fully where you're going, but you do get some compromise. Mm -hmm. You do get a chance to like not get all of what you want, but you got at the table, you're able to talk about it. You're able to change the narrative to some degree. So maybe in this bill, we didn't get it, but in the next bill, we may. So you have to think long-term, you know, about moving things forward. Still, Representative Camper remains hopeful. And so it's, it, it takes a lot of time and work and energy, but I'm an eternal optimist. And I always feel that there is a silver lining somewhere in that situation. And if we find that silver lining, I need to get people on board with that. Hindsight is, of course, 2020, but we asked a few members of NFWL what they'd tell their younger self, knowing what they know today. Uh, I would have run when I was younger. What I would advise my fellow colleagues to do is find something, one thing you're passionate about. And you don't have to go in and, and think you're passionate about everything that comes up, because 
I, I mean, I care about the sand that's going off in the ocean and I care about paving the roads and I care about, and I'm going to vote the right way on all those things, but I can't be passionate about everything. So find one thing you want to be passionate about, whether it's families or whether it's law enforcement or whether it's, you know, veterans or whatever, and be so passionate about that that when you walk in the room, everybody knows that's the center for the children. That's the center for the veterans. Oh, that's the center that takes care of the women in domestic violence. I mean, people will know you by what you accomplish. Let's see, what would I tell myself? Um, trust yourself. Just, you just got to trust your judgment. This has been Elected Women Across America, an NFWL podcast. We'll continue to bring more stories from the women who serve. If you'd like to hear more from the elected women of NFWL, you can listen to episodes of Elected Women Across America on Apple Podcasts.